What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Universal Dialect Show. I'm your host, Chris Cypher73 Cabrera, and I have another awesome guest. Uh, he has a show where he talks about life, current events, esoterica, the occult, conspiracy theories, and other mysteries of the universe. I want to welcome the enigmatic Juan Ayala of the Juan on Juan podcast. What's up, my dude? I'm not that enigmatic, bro. I'm doing, <laughs> I'm doing all right. What's up, dude? Thank you for having me. I appreciate your invite and i'm glad to be here i'm excited i'm ready to get into it bro thank you for having me no thank you for doing this i know you're extremely busy you have this podcast i know that you have like sort of like a crew with mark steves i interviewed mark steves about a year and a half ago donut uh narco longo yeah you guys got a, a awesome little crew going on man um and i listen to your podcast every day at work it gets me through my day um you fuck my head up all the time <laughs> with all this shit that you guys present um but it, i feel like it's honestly it's honestly it's really important because i feel like we're living in times where the human race is under attack and it it's amping up and i think the knowledge that you guys throw out there is very important whether people want to listen to it or believe it or not it's up to them but i just want to be ready i have a family and i just don't want anything you know to go wrong with them you know i don't want to get hurt you know so yeah let's start yeah, let's no. start with this brother go ahead if you got something to say no yes yeah, definitely it's a i think it's ephesians 612 or it talks about it being a spiritual warfare it's not of the flesh and blood it's more of the the right the principalities and the the darkness and the light and absolutely i think there's a war and there's a war for our minds especially our minds and our attention attention is a hot commodity nowadays so most definitely yeah bro so I want to say it was about a year ago because I'm a graphic designer. I was thinking of like, okay, I have my own Etsy store. I want to start doing work that deals with things that I'm into. And so I was looking up like Sasquatch, like stuff for like references. And I found this graphic, man, of this Sasquatch with like tribal jewelry and like six arms and shit. I was like, that shit is dope, man. What is this? And then it said Juan, Juan podcast. And then I, is that I really how you found me? That's how I found you, bro. <laughs> That's how I found you. Because remember, when I like when I started doing the podcast, or I even started really listening, I started with Tin Foil Hat initially. Mark Steve was on Tin Foil Hat, so through that I found Mark Steves, and then that's when I reached out to him and I did the interview with him. But I didn't know that y'all were already connected at the time. So, like I said, I just looked up a Sasquatch like graphic and that shit popped up and just blew my mind. I was like, fuck, man, that's dope. That's how I found you, man. Well, wow, that's crazy, bro. Yeah, no, I, I I got that design made a while ago and it was supposed to be. I just wanted it to be different. I wanted it to be I wanted to really showcase the interdimension interdimensionalism, I guess is how you would say it of bigfoot in my opinion right because there's a lot of debates as to what that creature could be right. and yeah that was one of the ones a lot of people ask me where i get my art done literally it's on fiverr i just got some some filipinos that have done most of my art I, honestly i think almost all my art but that picture that you're talking about is i have it hung up right there yeah i see that's the one dude <laughs> yeah, that's dope bro have you put on a shirt yeah yeah you can get shirts on my t public i don't really okay. push it a lot because right. again, I just let people do it. They, they want I don't like to push stuff on people. I, I tell people if they want to like sign up for the Patreon or whatever, they can do it on their own. But yeah, if people want to check my workout, I do have a homunculus owners manual too. You can check out at my, oh, my that's website. dope, dude. Okay. OJP.com. It's by 
Paranoid America comics, and it's 33 pages on the homunculus and how to create one, how to take care of it, and the history of it. So you can check that Word out. up, dude. And you have a comic book, correct? Yeah, The Chosen One. I'm actually coming out with the issue number two where Sam Tripley's in there. Johnny and XG are actually homunculus. There's Alex <laughs> Stein's in there. Mark Steves is in there. Chris Prosser. Yeah, we're we're all in there, and that's coming out soon. You can sign up for the Kickstarter on that. ChosenJuan.com is the website for that. But you can find the first issue on my website, TJOJP.com. And if you're interested in that kind of stuff, it's like a Rick and Morty kind of stuff. And every single different issue is going to be a different conspiracy. And us navigating in that realm of the conspiracy. So, yeah, it's fun, just another fun thing to do. And trying to step outside of the box when it comes to the content creation, right? Because you have to be, you have to innovate in this field. And whenever you're talking about certain things, bro, you got to either put your twist on it or talk about things that haven't been, the the less something is talked about, the more I want to learn about it when it comes to like the esoteric realm of things. Right. And that's what I really push for to find that next level information everyone's talking about the same thing over and over again and it's like how can you can only beat a dead horse so many times so you got to switch it up and and really stand out so that's what that's what i'm all about and i'm here to have fun too so i want to make it as entertaining as possible because no one wants to hear some dry ass podcast bro like (laughs) it's gonna put you to sleep i agree I you agree. gotta have the jokes and everything in there. The comedy no, is it, part of the the hundred percent, bro. And what you talked about, like the rehashing, like I can't watch, like let's say UFO documentaries because they talk about the same stories over and over again, but there's no results at the end of those documentaries. And same thing with the crypto zoological side, Bigfoot documentaries. Okay, they're out there, but there's no f- real footage. You know, there's no bodies or anything. So that kind of gets old. So I love the fact that you guys go real deep. Um, and the, th- and the thing is too, cause I-, I told you before we started recording, it's a little hesitant, you know, uh, trying to get information because you, Mark Steves, you're wearing, I think esoteric Eddie's hat. It's yeah, another, that's my dude right there. Um, you guys come at it from so many different angles and then you ultimately make the connections, but there's just so much to talk about. It's hard to know where to start. So let's start with this, right? The origin story of Juan Ayala, where you were born, raised, and how you got into this in the first place. Because I would imagine as a kid, you probably weren't like, oh, I'm going to do a podcast. You might have said, oh, I'm going to be a cop or a doctor or a rapper or whatever, you know, making fucking em- empanadas or, you know, <laughs> mofongo somewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Alcapurrias somewhere. Alcapurrias. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was born in Puerto Rico, Bayamón, Puerto Rico. El Ocho is is my town, my street that I was at the eight over there. And I grew up there. I was there till about seven or eight years old. And I came over to Florida. And my, during my time in Puerto Rico, I remember hearing stories about the Chupacabra for a long time before it became a canine, before it was like this dog thing, which is super lame. I, I when I was told about it, it was... You know, I was a little kid and I was told stories of these hands that would try to claw at people through the shutters. And you know, on the island, we have shutters. And there are stories of, you know, the lady down the road or whatever knew somebody who they, they, they try to grab her through the window. And I remember as a kid, always fascinated with that sort of thing. Like, oh, wow. Chupacabra I had my dad's friends at one point. He had a whole bunch of animals 
that were sucked dry of their blood. Oh, shit. And they were like, oh, yeah, we're going to go over there and we're going to stay up all night to see what this thing is. And we're going to stay up with, you know, we're going to stay out with our shotguns and and try and get this thing. So it was like this weird enigma. And that always stuck with me. And I grew up right in Florida. I learned about the Bermuda Triangle and all these other things that Bigfoot, Skunk Ape and all these things that really intrigue me. I've always been a sci-fi nerd. I've always been into Dungeons and Dragons. I've always been into all that. And growing up in a religious household, you don't really have the freedom for that sort of thing. So playing Yu-Gi-Oh was demonic. Right? I remember one time <laughs> my <laughs> pastor took away my Pokemon cards and did his whole thing in front of the congregation of how it was demonic and all this stuff. I was a kid, bro. You know, kids are get bored in, in the church. Pentecostal churches were super strict. So women couldn't wear certain length skirts and all this different stuff. So they're super radical in some ways. And I was just as a kid playing with my stuff in the front and he took it away and started talking in front of me. Oh, this is, you know, this is what's taken over at this time. And again, I'm about to be 30 now. This was probably 20 years ago. Who knows? Right. right? This is a long time ago. And so I always grew up with that. And then when I moved out, I got grew up with my grandma on my dad's side. And when I left, I played guitar for many years at my church and I was going to church four times a week. I was going to the rehearsal Bible study, Friday service, Sunday service going four days a week. Golly. And yeah, I was, I was in it. And of course, when weird, when those weird questions would pop up, no, no, ignore that. Don't, don't even pay attention. I was like, what? You can't tell that to a kid, right? You were talking about watching certain alien documentaries or Bigfoot documentaries or dogmen documentaries. I have a, a six-year-old now. He turned six, two, uh, two days ago and he loves Bigfoot, right? He's like with the Bigfoot stuff like that. And the first thing that he, as a, as a little child asks when i put on a dogman documentary or something about bigfoot say like, hey where's the video of it <laughs> you know when's it coming up so he'll sit still during the whole documentary which is rare for him to sit still for long periods of times because he's waiting for the evidence right so as the instinct of a little human is to want evidence want to confirm their belief with with something so when you're when you're questioning your beliefs and when something goes against that, sometimes you're tempted to investigate that, right? You you want to either because by looking into things, you can either confirm your belief or unconfirm it, right? So you can and, and that's the problem because it's always been a battle for knowledge. And if you really look at any cosmology anywhere, or any let's take it even back more any religion anywhere it's all about information okay it's all about really propping up all religions let's let's be real let's be real and i'm not i'm not here i consider myself a christian i'm not here to disprove any any religion or anything like that propping up any religion at this point is just old texts i mean tell me otherwise it's just old books what what else is there that's all it is. It's it's accounts right. of certain people who wrote it down a long time ago. And that's what religions are nowadays. Right. And, and obviously it's a little bit more complex than that. But growing up in this thing, I, I was asking, you know, what are the books of Enoch all about? No, no, that, you're going get, to get possessed if you read that. Well, now you've piqued my interest. Right. right. You can't tell me I'm going to going to get possessed by reading something by simply looking at it. And then when you when I started going down the rabbit hole, when I moved out of my grandma's house that I stopped going to church because of 
politics in the church and you start to really see the corruption of the people in the church because we're all human. And that's why I don't subscribe to mainstream religion, at least the establishment, because there's 45,000 different denominations. If they can't come to terms with themselves, how me, a, a regular man, how am I supposed to come to terms with that? Like if 45,000 different branches of one thing, like, bro, you know, God exists. He had a son. He died for your sins. Like, that's it. How can you get 45,000 different versions of the, the the one story? And that's when people get lost in the sauce of certain things. Same thing right. comes when it comes in this, in this community or circle of things, right? People want to talk about Bigfoot being a blood and bones thing. You got Bigfoot people where it's interdimensional, whatever. You got people who didn't even believe in it. That's the whole, like, that doesn't even exist, right? So... I started looking down that rabbit hole of the books of Enoch and I really cut my teeth at the beginning. Once I moved out and started living with my dad, that I started going to high school during high school. I wasn't really into any of this kind of stuff. It was when I got out of high school that I really started to like, I, I discovered podcasts right, right after high school that I started working and I was like, yo, this is crazy. Like obviously Joe Rogan, right? That's the, that's the first one that I, that's the catalyst. Yeah. Yeah, that's the catalyst. I'm like, yo, you can, but like old Rogan, like the conspiracy, Eddie Bravo, Alex right. Jones, Rogan, you're like that good stuff. And I was like, wait a minute. I was like, yo, I can pop this in and learn all day and learn about stuff. Mind you, Rogan, you're not really going to learn anything nowadays from Rogan. And I was like, oh, bro, this is crazy. So I got down that whole thing. And then I discovered tinfoil hat, which is like the, it'll introduce you to concepts and then you do your own research. So once I started doing that, I cut my teeth on the Gnostics. So like super religious stuff and and not so much to disprove my own beliefs, but to be like, damn, this entire time, the story that I was taught that I grew up with, there's the opposite of that story, complete opposite. And, you know, the Nag Hammadi or the Dead Sea Scrolls or whatever it is. So what else have I been lied to about? What else is there an inversion of that I that I believe that I know about? And it turns out it's everything, <laughs> everything and some like there's the complete opposite of what you believe. Somebody else believes the complete opposite inversion of that. And it's like, all right, well, you know, I have my core beliefs. I do believe in Jesus Christ. You know, I, I do. I do consider myself a Christian. Again, I don't subscribe to that mainstream going to church model, which I probably should go to church. I should probably find a good church and start going. But again, that's a whole another thing. And once I started to really listen to these other podcasts that I wasn't getting what I wanted from them, I was like, you know, I want to learn more about X topic. I want to know about that thing. And I was just getting superficial, in my opinion, superficial stuff from various shows. And that's when I took it upon myself to be like, you know what? If you want something done right, you got to do it yourself type of thing. So it took me, I think, like, I want to say really 80 episodes i'm almost to 200 now i'm on like 190 i think i passed 200 i haven't i released 195 this week but i'm i know i have more than 200 episodes here on my on my backlog and it took me about 80 episodes to really find my stride and my niche right right? so when you got guys like isaac weishop shout out to isaac weishop talking like oh you've helped me understand xyz like OGs in the game that are right. listening to my show and going, oh, I understand this better because you've talked about it. I listen to your show and, you know, I, I admire your work and all this. I was like, damn, that's crazy because I took it 
upon myself to step it up to the next level and and not just to, not for anybody bro i do it for me right. i tell people it's it's i'm having fun it doesn't matter what you think about it i'm putting it out there you can engage with it you can look at it you can tell me it sucks you can tell me whatever you want but as long as and i think that's the key bro as long as you're having fun with it and as long as you're able to find your passion will shine through right and i've always been a bookworm i've always been a researcher i've always loved that kind of stuff and i've always been a history buff so that's how I started, really. I wanted to take it upon myself to dig deeper than the regular person. And the more obscure, the better, right? The weirder, the better. And that's how you get into like the whole homunculus and like alchemy and all these these topics that people spend. Dude, I mean, there's people who spend their entire lifetimes researching alchemy. Just one thing of alchemy. People who spend their entire lifetime studying Carl Jung or what insert whatever like uh, christianity the books of enoch like there's there's things that people will spend their one time and here i am just some regular podcaster i want to research all that and some and i want to be able to talk to people who know about it and i want to learn and i want to teach people at the same time while i'm putting this out in an entertaining relaxed layman's you know that anyone can pop it in turn it on and understand it because i'm trying to understand it you know what I'm Correct. saying? Like, I'm trying to, that's why I'm here. And that's what a lot of people bring up concepts to me. And they're like, oh, so you probably believe in X, Y, Z. And I go, no. The reason I'm here is because I'm a skeptic. I'm the biggest skeptic you'll ever meet. You know, I'm the first person to write the Miami Mall aliens. Like, oh, there's a shadow person. I was like, bro, this guy's full of it. Like, no way. Right. And that's why I study all the topics that I study because I want to learn about it. Just because I talk about the homunculus, do I think the homunculus was real probably but i have nothing else to go off of except stories bro Correct. but we know that they're creating entities and labs nowadays that's that's mainstream 21st century news you know like that that's something that comes out in the news so it's like if they're doing that then that adds credibility to these alchemists that were talking about something similar during the 16th century so it's funny how how they say history repeats itself. Well, it might not repeat itself 100%. It rhymes, right? So you see these patterns emerge throughout history. But yeah, that's essentially how I got my my toes wet, if you will, in this. I call it conspiratorial. I don't like conspiracies, bro, to be honest with you. And I actually took that off of my description like a couple of days ago, the, the conspiracy. Because it's like conspiracy theories. It's comic book, man. It's fake, kind of almost. It's almost on purpose. They created that that term, you know. Well, the problem is the people who believe anything and everything, bro. That's the that's the issue. Without doing the research, so they'll look at one thing, they see a video that's clearly fake, and they go, "Oh, it's real." And it, honestly, it's a lot of these boomers too, bro. Like my dad will show me something that he saw on Facebook that he thinks is real, and I'm like, "Bro, <laughs> that's fake, dog." Like, what are you doing? He's like, "Oh, this guy." I'm like, "No, it's fake. Look at it." You know, and, and that gives the conspiracy realm a bad rap. History itself is a conspiracy, bro, regardless of anything. You know, who shot JFK? That was a real event. That happened. Who was behind it is the conspiracy. And that is a whole endless rabbit hole. You know, like just to just to one specific conspiracy like that. 9-11, we know that happened for a fact. Correct. Was it an inside job? That's the conspiracy. But you got people who will believe anything, bro, like just the, the craziest craziest conspiracies and it's like i'm tired of that and that's why i focus more on the realm of 
history, alchemy, and just anything that I find interesting. Philosophy is really interesting. And just going down all these rabbit holes. The bro, the Bible is really interesting. Reading the Bible is wild. Like I just recently read reread the Gospel of John and the Gospel of I think either Mark or Matthew. And it's like like that. Just just those the the Gospel of John is just wild. And and the reason I, I prefer is because it's it's more Gnostic and it's more I dig the apocryphal texts, which are like the non-canon stuff. And the stuff that's not in the Bible because it's that wild. And that's what I really enjoy because there's a lot of nuggets in there. And sometimes when I'm researching something that is fictional, like one of my favorite episodes that I've ever done on my show, The Occult Book Club with Paranoid American was about Rene Descartes. And he found this book. So Thomas found this book. We have the only video on YouTube about it. And this book is The Voyage to the World of Cartesius. And what it's about was allegedly... Rene Descartes had figured out how to project his consciousness through the use of a substance, and he was able to project his consciousness outwards into outer space. This book is from 1694. It was the first time outer space was used in the sci-fi sense. Okay, right. 1694. Who, who is this individual? For those who don't know who this individual is. Rene Descartes? Yes, sir. So I think, therefore, I am. So one of the greatest philosophers of all right. time, he you know, debated the mind-body dualism, and he I think therefore I am. And the reason that he believed that was he believed that the census couldn't be trusted. And that plays a role into a lot of the conspiracy realm nowadays because Rene Descartes believed that this is Descartes. He's from the 16th century. He believed that there was a that there could have been a demon controlling your senses real time. So think of that. That's very Gnostic. So the demiurge is a demon who's controlling reality he imprisoned man in a false matrix okay that's that, that's that's that is the the basics of the movie the matrix so neo right that that's the whole neo is the one right the source and if yes. you follow that whole cosmology of the matrix it, it's very gnostic in nature and so he believed that there was a demon he called it the, the he called it the, the the demon was controlling our senses and he also talked about Maybe he didn't talk about it, but it relates to the brain in a vat jar, right? So the possibility that we're just brains in a vat somewhere that a mad scientist <laughs> is controlling and putting the impulses in our brains to experience this reality. And then you get into the Boltzmann's brain idea that it's it, there is thermodynamic equilibrium in the vacuum of space, right? For those that believe in space, for those that don't, then just tune out for a second. But <laughs> The idea that atoms are constantly coming together and and coagulating and un, and, and dissolving and coagulating dissolving and and according to this theory, this thought experiment, it's a brain, a human brain. At one point, it, they say it happens like every one once every billion years or something crazy like that. But just stick with me with the concept. A brain will come together. And for the smallest amount of time, it'll form an entire memory database, an entire lifetime, an entire everything, an entire existence, and then dissolve back out into nothingness because that's the vacuum of space. Can't, nothing can exist there. So if you take that into, if you really take that and you start to think about it, like, wait a minute, so that could be me. You, you, ever, you ever heard of like the people who took salvia and lived? years in this other realm like they lived an entire lifetime they got married in this other realm they did all this crazy and then they come back and it was just a trip it's like right, it was just like, 
few minutes later. Yeah, there. They, yeah, it was a few minutes later. Right. So again, Descartes was like, "All right, so the the mind and the body are two separate things, right? The body exists. The body can exist without the consciousness and all these different." Again, he had a whole bunch of different concepts, but in this particular book, the writer Gabriel Daniel, which there's nothing two first names, Gabriel, Daniel, biblical. There's nothing on this guy. I think he was a Jesuit or something like that. And there's literally nothing on this guy. You can look up his freaking Wikipedia. There's nothing on it. There's like one sentence. He, and the sentence is like, oh, he wrote this book about Descartes. So it's like weird, these weird beings in history. And in this book, he Descartes able to project his consciousness outwards and visit these other worlds, visit these other realms that other philosophers are teaching it. Okay. So he's able to go out and learn from Aristotle, Plato, you know, any of the greatest philosophers of us. So it's like this, this, this cosmic otherworldly interdimensional library of Alexandria type of thing where all these philosophers are there and you just show up with like your astral body. That's really far fetched. Like, all right, you know, that's, that's, that's sci-fi, bro. Come on. The problem isn't that the problem is the holes that it filled for me from the actual historical point to where the death of Descartes, they've always said that he was teaching Christina of Sweden, who was steeped into the occult, who was steeped into alchemy. She owned all these crazy alchemical texts. She surrounded herself with alchemists. They had a alchemical gate in Rome that they were working on. They were trying to decipher because of this immortal alchemist that had inscribed the great works uh, you know, on the arch of the, again, this whole craziness. And she was so baller, bro, that she at one point was like, hey, I want to learn from the best. Descartes was a rock star of his time. I want to learn from the best. Get me personally, Rene Descartes, to teach me every morning at my palace. Right. That's how baller she was, bro. She's like, I want Descartes. That's like me saying, I want Elon Musk right now. Or maybe, you know, forget Elon. He's he's a bad example. Insert any better philosopher, whoever, right? That's like you like being so baller, like, all right, I want X, I want Kanye or somebody to come teach me, whatever. Right. That'd be interesting. But that's how baller she was, bro. And so, of course, Descartes came. But the problem with Descartes was that he loved to sleep in. He believed that you needed as much rest as possible. And according to his love for sleep was how he had made the discovery of the Cartesian coordinate system, which we know X and Y. And I have my own theories on that, which we can get into. But he had to wake up at five in the morning to teach Christina of Sweden. And it turns out that because of him having to wake up so early, he got sick, contracted pneumonia, I believe it was, and, and he died. Damn, that sucks. But the... But the problem with that was that he was he was bled out, so they would bleed people out. He was bled out, and he was real lethargic, and I think he died in three days or something like that. Which, if it was three days, that'd be symbolic, but it's something like that in a few days. And so, and I'm paraphrasing this information, so don't you know you can look it up for yourself. The problem with that story was like, all right, cool, whatever. Descartes passed away. They blamed it on Christina Sweden for waking up too early. Well, in the story. It turns out that when you project your consciousness outwards, you have what they describe as a little black moor that enters your body. Now, that's kind of racist, right? A little black moor. That's like a, a little black person. But 
perhaps it wasn't a black person or a slave in that in that sense a black right. more maybe being a sort of watcher or entity a black shadow entity that enters the body and what that entity does is it watches over your body while you're out in the astral realm doing your stuff he's watching over your body he's making sure that you brush your teeth that you eat that you still right you have your autonomous system that you're still breathing you're doing all that there's only one problem with that well there's two problems the first one being there's only one rule to when you go out and you do this stuff you got to make sure that your body back at home no one has a serious or deep conversation with it because it can only answer basic questions and when you start to ask it complex things it'll glitch out on you and they actually took this concept in an Amazon Prime show called Peripheral, where if you watch that, which they canceled, I believe, uh, somebody told me that they had canceled. If you watch that show, it's the ex almost the exact concept of this voice, the world of Cartesius. So um, what is that? What is that? What is that indicative of? It's indicative that these elites or these people who are running these movies and all these shows are watching they the same. They're reading. They know. Yeah, right? they, know. They, they know. They got people who are reading these books and they're doing the research for them and they're they're putting this stuff into their their works or you know or does art imitate life or life imitate art? who knows right it could be any of those things so in this th that's the one rule and then the second thing is that sometimes that little black moor he gets a little greedy and he doesn't want to give the body back Right. So when you go, when you come back to get into your body, he's like, nope, it's my body now. So if you think about that concept for a second, even if it's not as animated as that, think about what demonic possession. I mean, that's a thing. And then let's take out demonic possession. That's a concept, regardless of which part, which cosmology you believe in. That's a thing where perhaps something else, an entity of some sort takes over someone's body. Now, if you line that up with the main mainstream rented a cart death, you go, okay, well, maybe the doctor was trying to talk to him and he was too lethargic to communicate with them. It wasn't, it wasn't because he was too lethargic. It was because it wasn't him there. And he was bled out and killed. Right. Because he was out somewhere else for because they they in the story they they talk about he's out weeks at a time and he's learning the secrets of reality out there. And if you think about the 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 a lot of the concepts that Descartes got were through his dreams, bro. Like he was he he had visions, okay? And this is one of the greatest philosophers of all time. This is the guy who invented the Cartesian coordinate system that is literally in everything and anything that you've ever known, right? Any design, I do I've done CAD CAM. Uh, computer system design, computer right. system manufacturing. It uses the Cartesian coordinate system with that extra Z axis. So literally anything that's in our room right now was designed using what Descartes had first brought forth that came to him. Again, it came to him when he was laying in bed one day, the Cartesian coordinate system, and he saw a fly on the wall and was like, huh, how can I tell somebody where that fly is on the wall? Well, X2, Y5, or whatever, something like that. There, I found it. Well, I just made it the greatest discovery of all time. And it turns out that the Cartesian coordinate system fuses trigonometry and all these calculus and everything right. together into one. But it's more complex than that because then you get into the occult side of it. Now, 
this is a whole rabbit hole because this ties into Leibniz, which Leibniz, Gottfried Leibniz was, is the father of binary code. So the, the code that's in your computer right now, the ones and zeros, this guy created, helped create that. You have Charles Babbage, the father of the modern day computer. You have Ada Lovelace. You have all these different things. A common factor of these three people who are, who are at the forefront of the stuff that we're using right now, the technology that we're using now, is that they got freed. Leibniz was looking for Descartes' secret notebook at one point after he passed away. And there's a really great book. Uh, I'll send it to you after about Descartes' secret notebook and this secret cipher that Leibniz was trying to get a hold of. And Leibniz was one of the guys that was going around Europe collecting transmutation stories, alchemical transmutation stories. So this guy was obsessed with alchemy. Right. So it makes you wonder. Charles Babbage tried to summon the devil. He did a blood pack one night, tried to summon the devil. And I think he succeeded because Ada Lovelace, years later, tells him about that she might be the devil and she's working for him. So you have all these connections in 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 technology, tech. And what what that's indicative of in my in, in my opinion is that these I, I wouldn't call them occultists. And who knows if they were a cultist or not? Who cares? Maybe they were part of the Priory of Scion or Rosicrucian movement, whatever. Whatever secret society they were a part of, which a lot of them were parts of secret societies, that the technology that they helped aid in manifesting or creating maybe had some sort of ulterior motive at the bottom of that. Because right now we use technology as a form of, think about it, right? When you when you log into a website, you're logging into a portal. Yeah, you that's into it's called. Portal. It's called the portal. It's called the portal. Correct. If, if you follow who created the internet, this is basic conspiracy theory 101. It's CERN. <laughs> okay. CERN created the internet. All right. What, what, what is CERN also trying to do? Well, who knows what they're trying to do because they're clashing atoms together. Trying right. to find they tell the you God particle or something, right? The Higgs boson. Yeah, they're trying right. and, and the reasoning behind that is that if they find out, so the mass of the Higgs boson is it shows them that if, if right, the Higgs boson in our dimension has a certain weight to it, and if they create a Higgs boson that has a different weight to it, they've essentially tapped into another realm because in another dimension, it would be another weight. That's, that's right. the thinking behind that. Again, you can go down... Why'd they build it? Why'd they build it on an old, I think, Apollyon temple or something like that? Like, well, why would you do that? Like, why would you build your whole thing <laughs> on an And then old... the statue that's outside is uh, indicative Shiva. of what they're into. Shiva, yeah. Yeah. It, it's, uh, so <clears throat> it's, is it Shiva? I think it might be Shiva. Yeah. Anyways, the, 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 the destroyer, right? So they call it yeah. Shiva the destroyer. I, so there's two of them. Let me, let me double check that it's Shiva. So you have right. CERN. I'm pretty sure it's Shiva. Now, are you aware that there's other hadron colliders in yeah. the world? Okay. So, yeah, so it's Shiva, Lord Shiva, because there's another Kali is the counterpart to Shiva. Right. Yeah. So okay. So yeah. So Lord Shiva, but yeah, they have other hard-on colliders, as as Donut likes to call it, <laughs> where it it's like there's a lot of harp places around the the world, the globe, the world, whatever you want to call it, the Earth, and so. It's like, what are they trying to do? Are they trying to tap into other realms? Are they trying to bring forth Ragnarok or the apocalypse or something? And it's like, that's what we're trying to figure out. 
Now, the exoteric is going to tell you otherwise. And the exoteric is the stuff that they tell people, the regular people. So you have esoteric well, and then you have exoteric? Yeah, so esoteric and the, the difference between esoteric and exoteric. So exoteric is information or yeah, information that is outwardly available. Like Exo. exterior. Yeah, exterior. It's, it's available to any person. Esoteric information is the the actual definition is information on a specific subject so when you're an esotericist you're spe you're a specialist in xyz esoteric and you know esoteric knowledge and esotericism is the concept that there is sacred knowledge that a certain group of people only have access to so a certain for example think take any secret society freemasons rosicrucians alchemists the alchemists Correct. were a secret society they had access to information that they believed that they should have been the only ones to have it and that's why that's where you get iconography symbolism and all these things where they're shrouding that information they put a layer up so only the people who are initiated in their arts are able to decipher what they're looking at so when you look at an alchemical play you go what the hell is all this stuff that's fine. You're not initiated. You're not going to know what it means. But for the initiate who is, who was initiated into the mysteries, which could be a hundred different things. Right. That's why they're mystery schools, because it's a mystery what they were doing. They're the ones that have the knowledge. They have the key to decipher these pictures. And again, that's where you get into a lot of conflicts within the occult, esoteric realms, conspiracy realms, because symbols are a thing that can be interpreted seven different ways or or whatever it is you know like the, any which way which is fine too because part of this i think part of the struggle is that a lot of these topics they're not 2d they're they're 3d 4d 5d whatever you want to call it and, and that's why i love alchemy so much because it quite literally is about stepping outside of space and time and manipulating reality itself creating and uncreating realities and being able to step into them and navigate those realms or it could have been just guys boiling their own piss in a cave somewhere <laughs> trying to figure something out who knows right. and then and that's the beauty of it because it could be that and it could be everything else that i just said right so that's where i'm at and to be 100 percent clear i know nothing i know nothing more than i knew when i first started okay that's 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 the one thing that I've come to terms with the more I research, the less I know. <laughs> and it's kind of counterintuitive, but that's just the way it goes. And, and that's why I love, you said that I cover a lot of topics. Well, my thing, I strive for having an open mind, but not so open that my brain falls out and being able to carry on a conversation with people about certain topics, right? Interesting things, right? Having an interesting conversation because everyone loves a good story. Everyone loves a good conversation. So that's what I'm here for. And that's why I look into all these topics. I want to be able to hang with people who, and, and some people take it the wrong way, bro, because here I am just some regular dude on a podcast talking about and understanding concepts. Sometimes it's better than the people who are in these organizations <laughs> better than they can. And it's like, who are you? You know, I've been doing this my whole life and here you are. Uh, sometimes people tell you, you're spilling the secrets or right. you're telling too much. <laughs> You know, you, people aren't supposed to know that or they're not supposed to have access to that. It's like, well, information is free, bro. Right. And sometimes ego gets in the way. 
You know, sometimes ego will, will prevent somebody from going that extra mile. If you don't put ego into it, you can just keep going forever. You know? Yeah. And like I said, I like to have fun, bro. I don't, I don't, I don't think that it should be as serious as some people take it, which, but, but again, these are serious topics and yeah. a lot of people are, are, but I'm not, I'm not that guy, bro. You know, I can't let a good dick joke go to waste. So if, if I see the opportunity, I'm going to pounce mm -hmm. on it. It's just the way I am. <laughs> I was just recently on the confessionals in studio with Tony and, and Joel said something and yeah, it's a family show. And I was like, bro, just a tip. And Tony looked at me like, come on, bro. I'm like, Dude, <laughs> yeah, I had yeah. to, I had to do it. You know, I got, I couldn't let that one slip through the crack. So I had to do it. And it just, that's just the way I am, man. I, and I, I don't consider myself a comedian, but I don't take myself too, too seriously. You know what I mean? Like I like to have fun and I think it's, it's healthy to have fun. So again, man, these topics are heavy. They're, they're deep rabbit holes. And I've gotten to the point where I'm translating sources. I'm I'm, I'm using the technology, the, the AI technology that everyone's talking down upon that's going to take over reality. And, and right as we approach the singularity, and I'm taking that technology and I'm using it for my benefit, right? Because if you have the tools, why not use it? If you have the, if we have the tech, use it. So I've been, instead of taking other people's words for whatever that source said, these academics, I'm taking it upon myself to translate that and extract the knowledge from my perspective and how I would interpret it. And again, I present the information to people. I don't push any agendas. I present the information to people and they can do what they want with it and they can make their own assumptions and I make, you know, I, I'll insert my own theories along the way, but I like to just present the information. And sometimes people get it. Sometimes people don't, you know, sometimes people make the connection. I'm like, you got it. Yeah, I didn't say that. You said that, you know what I'm saying? Like, right, right. But this is the thing, dude, like back in the days, like there was no such thing as degrees, right? Like, so architecture, right? You didn't have to go to school to get a degree and then call yourself an architect or have to go to school to be an artist and to call yourself an artist. You kind of just did the thing. So people that are in, like academics, it's bullshit anyway. Like it's, they're just title. Gatekeepers, bro. Yeah, the gatekeepers and the you know, circle they're, jerk. They're, they're dick riders, you know what I mean? And so, of course, when you come along and you don't have the schooling and the degree, they're going to question you. But if you're fucking serving them at their own game, you know what I mean? It's like, shut the fuck up. You know what I mean? Like, so I want to ask you a question, my man, because you, like I said, you, you go deep. You know, you and some of these other people, you guys go go so deep, and I'm, I would imagine you go to some pretty dark places. Does that affect you at all, or your family? Do you feel like there's any energies that you may conjure or bring to you know into your home? Sometimes, yeah, I think about that all the time. But it's like, is it is it a thing? Is it not a thing? But I do believe that. Yeah, I do believe that some <laughs> books are like I have books on my shelf here that are not available on they're not available digitally or they're digital did did digitally or you know they're not available at all you know books that are only and the special thing about books is that in my opinion they're they're portals to other realms and but again the same thing can go for how do i say this your mind you know your mind is a portal as well but that is something i think about has it affected me 
sometimes I've talked about the I've talked about the the shadows that how do I explain it? The shadows that stay at the edge of the fire. You know, I'm sorry, you know, like these things that they don't let themselves be seen type of thing. You and hear that turns with, out, with crypt, uh, cryptid sometimes they stay at the yeah. edge of the, the, the flames at you know? the edge of the. And here's the thing, bro. It's 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 what William Burroughs talked about. The devil's in the ink and the devil's in the ink is I was just editing an episode I'm going to put out next week on this. And it's the. These how do I put this? There's linguistic life forms and there's also intermediary beings and something I've called grammatical entities. So by you interacting with this information, you're interacting with the with the life form in some sort of way. And this is a concept. Again, this is Dickian Gnosticism. So Philip K. Dick talked about it. The allegedly the Gnostics were in touch with this information that once you came into contact with it, it would change you and. Again, it's always been about what I mentioned at the beginning. It's always been about. It's always been about information at the in in right. I don't know what what your religious background is, but think about it. The guard. Everyone knows about the Garden of Eden. What was it about? About not eating from that tree. Well, why couldn't you eat from that tree? Because of what? Because of the knowledge, the information that you were going to have access to once you ate from that tree. Right. So there's something about information. It's always been about information. It's Alex Jones, InfoWars. It's always been about a war on your minds, right? The the information that you're subjected to. So when I'm researching these topics that do go into a lot of dark places, like human nature is, is, you know, goes, the human mind has been used for the greatest achievements in, in in humanity and also the darkest. Right. So, do I feel like it's affecting my family? Am am I am I maybe? But I've always I've talked about these shadows, right? That that when you're reading a text about something, I've been warned to to stay away from certain books and certain authors because their works are meant to do that. Uh, but I invoke the name of Jesus Christ, man. And sometimes when I do that, it goes away. You know what I'm saying? But I'm not gonna sage my room or any of that garbage. I got you. You know. Yeah. You do a, a simple prayer if you see things are going haywire and leave the rest to God, you know, like just Jesus, take the wheel, bro. Because <laughs> when I look at these things, I'm looking at them. I'm trying to be as academic as possible. I'm not I'm I'm what I call an armchair occultist. And I got made fun of that a lot because people are like, oh, well, what are you doing with all the information that you're It's like nothing? I find it interesting. I'm researching it. Why would I need to use the information? Why would I need to conjure up an entity? to it's like i have the utmost respect for that and so i enjoy I, I get a thrill from researching it i don't have to do the the ceremonial operations right. you know what i'm saying so, and you have a family dude like you don't like it's one thing if you're a single guy and you make take that chance it affects you whatever you live you die whatever but you don't want it to affect your kid mm -hmm. or your wife or anybody else in your family you know it'd be kind of silly to do that you know what i mean be kind of greedy in a way you know yeah yeah but I mean, it's already bad enough with with the books I got here and everything. And I actually had texted a friend of mine about that because he was experiencing stuff in his house and his family was hearing voices and stuff like that. And I was like, well, you do got that one book. Get rid of that one book that I know you have because I know what book it is. I'm like, you have that one book. Get rid of that book 
and who knows you know might be that thing because again you step on people's toes and you don't know what's happening what people are projecting over your way which i don't believe in that that garbage you know i, I rebuke anything that's been sent this way because and that's why i like to be as respectful as possible as well when i talk about certain type types of things that i'm not because even if i'm cracking a joke about it i'm not making fun of it you know what i'm saying like i'm not i'm just having fun while i'm talking about it that, right. like, that's the thing but people take that the wrong way they'll take that the wrong way and again bro i've had i've had people witches and warlocks send me emails bro and like not the really? best emails like yo you know you're talking about this wrong you know nothing about it's like the xyz it happens bro like <clears throat> you can't do anything about that and it's just the the it's just part of the game but i don't think anything has affected me negatively not yet at least <laughs> so far so good right <laughs> so far so good yeah but i do take precautions and i've been I've been warned about certain texts, but yeah, it, it's about the use of, I've always said that writing is, is interdimensional. It's, it's used letterism as a thing. And not only that, but what the letters represent is a thing. The geometries that are used in the letters are play a big part into it, right? You talked about architecture earlier and the idea of geometry, right? Sacred geometry is the thing we know this and that has a powerful effect if 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 you zoom out right if you if you zoom out you have letters but at the core of that it's like it's angles like oh, that's all it is really angles and symbols and icons and things that were created that it's it's layered it's it's nested but when you go to the core of things and this is what i like to talk about a lot too is the occulted scaffolding behind certain concepts and occulted scaffolding, I got that from a from one of my favorite books that it's a book on architecture, actually. But the way it reads is almost like a grimoire. And it's Pythagorean Palaces is the name of the book. And it's magic in I think 16th century renaissance or something it's it's somewhere in there and when i talked about that book when i first got it the book was like 50 bucks and then when i started talking about it it shot up to like 400 bucks i don't know how much it is now let me see pythagorean palaces see how much it is now it's 350 bucks right now <laughs> <laughs> so and i bought mine august 11 2022 and i bought it for it was like 50 bucks or something like that. Lucky you, man. Yeah, you got luck. You lucked out. So the book talks about this idea of occulted scaffolding. And occulted scaffolding is when in the creation of something, right? You have a drawing. So think about an architect. He has a drawing, he has a sketch. And there are lines that they make in order to create these sketches that are later on erased, right? So, you know, when you're drawing, you know, they do the circle for the head and then they erase the circle. That's a cult scaffolding. And the issue with that is that you don't know what went into the creation of whatever it is you're using. What a cult, what intention went into creating what you're using right now. And you might unintentionally be carrying on some nefarious thing by using it. Right. Because we know the observer effect is a real thing. So when you know we know that when the observer is not observing reality or matter, matter acts differently than when it's being directly observed. So think about that. Because you're paying right. attention to it and you're giving it energy. 
in a sort of way and it's going to act differently. Right. right. And I think that these are occult principles. Anything quantum is occult, bro. Like anything uh, quantum, whatever is occult. It's, it's magic. <laughs> they, they, they just, oh, quantum entanglement. Ah, two particles far away from each other. They might be interacting with one another, even when they're far apart. Like, what? Yeah, they just might be talking to each other. What do you mean? You know, like, what are you talking about? And it's like, you read the golden bow and you're like, all right, law of contagion, law of correspondence. You know, there's all these, I'm like, okay, wait a minute. All right. The world's a stage, bro. You know, the and that guy, William Shakespeare, that said that could have been an occultist, bro. He could have been associated with John D. Edward Kelly. There's that conspiracy too, that he was traveling around with John D. Edward Kelly, learning the secrets of the occult, learning about Enochian. And it just so happens to be that from William Shakespeare, I mean, he's he's contributed to the English language a substantial amount. A guy who might be fake in history, like it might be an egregore of some sorts that, you know, he was uneducated. How was he able to write about all these things? How do you know so much about the occult? Like all, a lot of occult concepts in his, in his writing. So occulted scaffolding, the intentions that go behind your stuff that you're using, whether that be a computer, whether that be a book that you're reading. I mean, even I talk about King James, King James version of the Bible. The dude was probably gay. And like Francis Bacon was a Mason. <laughs> they made a Bible, bro. Like what? I'm sure nothing could go wrong. You have King James talking about, and dude, can you say that to some people? And they're strict king james versionists like that's their maxis on just that one no this is the word again this is the one right how do you know right because there's so many interpretations uh and you don't even know if the interpretation is correct how do you how do we know and i'm not saying this to disprove god or anything like that but it's like i've had i've quoted certain scripture and it'll It'll be from a certain translation. And then you'll get a YouTube comment. You're a liar. That doesn't say that. I go, well, read this translation. It says it right there, bro. <laughs> and that's the problem that there are so many translations. So how are you going to tell me that the, the original men, uh, the original message or intention was kept up number one, or what was put into that intention to begin with? You know what I'm saying? Like that concept. So it's just, bro, it, there's so many layers to this. And <laughs> uh, there, there's just there's so much to to like the idea of maybe in the original 1611 Bible, there was an alchemical cipher hidden or, or some Baconian cipher hidden within the actual text. But when you start to peel apart the Bible, there's alchemy in that, too. So think about that. There's maybe in the originals hidden codes in the text, but then. The book itself and the stories are actually allegories and symbolic alchemical. So it's like you're working with layers upon layers. And I think that's how reality works. I think there's multiple realities stacked on top of one another. I think that the elites know that. I think that they're able to access them. Some of them are. And I think that there might be things on the other side who are trying to get in, bro. And they want to get in. Right. Yeah. Cause um, I, I've had experiences like my whole life, even up until today. And I don't, I don't know if it's, you know, alien abduction, whatever, like, like an attempt 
I just know that I feel like there's there's my soul is trying like being drained and I put up a fight to stop it. And so far I've been successful. Maybe in the past I wasn't successful when I was younger and I wasn't as strong, like strong enough, but this is something that's been going on like my whole life and I don't have answers to it. I don't, I don't even know where to begin, but it sounds familiar well, what you to mean? what you're talking about. What do you mean though? Like, what are you, what are you trying to get at exactly? Like, like for instance, like, you know, I could be like, uh, about to go to sleep and I have like a sense that something's going to happen. Like I know the attempt is going to happen like that night. Well, what can, grimoires are you reading, bro? I'm not reading no grimoires, dude. I'm not religious or anything like that. So there's no grimoires. I don't have any like books or anything like that. You know, like my wife's religious. I'm not, but like I grew up a, a traumatic, you know, upbringing, like abuse and all that shit. So I don't know if that plays into it. Because I feel yeah. like people that have grown up with traumatic experiences, they become sort of like a beacon for yeah. these entities, right? Because there's cracks in that armor and that shield, and they feel like they could slip in and try to, you know, do things. So I feel like I'm a target. Mm -hmm. And so it could be, like I said, like I'd be going to sleep, about to go to sleep, and I could faintly hear, like, it sounds like a distorted uh, water drops, you know, the whoop, whoop, whoop. And I know something's going to happen. And so I'll I'll stay up late on purpose because I know something's going to happen. But sometimes I can't help it. I'll, I'll start to pass mm -hmm. out and then boom, they got me. And I'm struggling to like try to wake up. But like I feel like something's draining my soul, trying to pull my soul out of my body. You know? Well, I'd advise you to pray. <laughs> At least do that. And it's interesting because tra trauma is a way of and this is this is where the homunculus is, is so important and the the reason why the homunculus it, it connects to it's three degrees of separation from any major topic right and it's everything. yeah it, it, oh almost every i wouldn't call it everything but again like i said i just present the information what you do with that information is on you and part of the homunculus is also mk ultra and the idea of creating a what they call an altar and this altar this person that is conditioned through various traumas if you will a lot of heinous dark stuff i mean you can read about it fritz springmeier and look up his book uh, how the illuminati create an undetectable mind control slip and, and read that in there and that'll really connect some dots for you. But I think you're absolutely right. If you did have a traumatic upbringing that could open you up to things. And, and you're absolutely right. The trauma is like a crack in the armor for certain people's psyches. So first and foremost, I said pray. And then maybe I'm not telling you what to do, bro, but I don't want to. No, no, you're good, man. Call you <laughs> out, but like get, get help. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. uh, uh, for that because it is serious and and for the for people who because you got some people who don't even believe in this sort of stuff bro like they don't believe in the occult they don't believe in magic they don't believe in nephilim they don't believe in entities they don't believe in none of that stuff so but if if you believe in it you know that's how it starts and i for i think for like a year two years i had sleep paralysis almost nightly bro it, like it was really really bad and i've talked about on the show before where i had it so much i learned to break out of it 
because sleep paralysis is one, is one of those things. And again, I didn't see any shadow things or the hag on your chest or none of that. Like, I'm not saying I saw that. But what I did feel was that anxiety, like that sense of dread, right? That that super, super high anxiety where, and I've always suffered from anxiety. Like my cuticles are destroyed, bro. Just like always chewing like that, that whole thing. And I had started vaping for a while and I vape for a while. And then that helped with the anxiety because of the nicotine and all that stuff. But that's an addiction, bro. So I kicked that, but I still crave it, dude. So it's like, it's like these, you know, the 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 angel and the demon well the demon's always whispering like you know you want go go buy a vape bro go 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 get that you know go you know you need a hit so i don't vape anymore but i do smoke i smoke tobacco from either cigars or from a pipe and i'm not saying it's better (laughs) but could be worse (laughs) <laughs> could be worse like the yeah it could be a lot worse it could yeah it could be a lot worse but yeah, you don't meth crack yeah you don't want that <laughs> none of that but the thing is you know the having the access to the vape you could do it anywhere you can do it inside the house like the the tobacco i gotta be outside or in the garage or somewhere that i can't be in the house you know i gotta either in the backyard or whatever so it's like a more of a hassle you have to pack it you gotta light it you gotta you taper and all that stuff so it's like it's more of a process so that I leave it at that because that's kind of like the the buffer. If I really want it, I'll go through that hassle versus a baby just freaking stick it in your mouth and you just suck on it. And if you think about it, it's kind of gay sucking on this thing all day. But it got to the point, bro, where like your chest is hurting and you're still taking a hit because addiction right. is 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 bad, bro. It's, it's real. It's real. real. And I still have, bro, I still struggle till this day with it. Like I, I told my wife the other day, I'm like, I almost bought a vape. Like I think we were in, I was in Atlanta and we pulled into like this little store to get some stuff and they're right there at the cash register, bro. I was just like, all I gotta do is ask the guy right there. It's only like 12 bucks or whatever it is. All I gotta do is just ask him. I'll just, I'll just put it, I'll put it in my pocket. I won't even, I won't even smoke it that much. I'll just put it in my pocket and you know, I'll hit it every now and again. Like how I do with the tobacco or whatever, you know, it'll be fine. Like, bro, that's like my inner thing, right? I was just like, standing in line just dying i'm like hmm. you know like like a freaking crackhead like i i need it you know i need it i it's want the homunculus it. man it's the, it's <laughs> the homunculus bro it's the homunculus and yeah man but yeah like i said i'm not trying to call you out or anything no it's not calling me out but, you know, you're telling me you know that i do need help and i and i'm aware of that you know i sort of have like a weird relationship whatever whatever it is because i mean i talk to it either telepathically i don't get an answer back just i don't it's not that type of relationship where like we have a conversation but like from listening to other people and their experiences and whatever they if these beings or whatever they are intelligent they already know how i feel so Mm -hmm. i i let them know you know leave me the fuck alone (laughs) yeah yeah no i get prayer prayer is a big thing and also yeah just ask it for the the winning lottery numbers next time it talks to you bro whatever just ask it for some sort of knowledge that you're able to use and apply in your real life like yo i need something i need to get something out of you you're gonna torment me (laughs) so that's the archetypal faustian pact there where where again these things are on the outside of they're on the outer skirts of reality and they want to get in and they're looking for and that's a that's a real thing man he and it's it's been I don't know if you've if you're on Twitter at all it's a cesspool and it there's sucks. a way 
Yeah. There's a way to navigate Twitter, okay? And what people need to know is they need to use mute words, mute certain words, so you don't get the snuff videos and all that craziness that you that you see. Because I, I saw a lot of people complaining about that. I think Sam Tripley posted about that, and yeah, yeah, one of my other friends posted about that. And I was like, listen, I just mute certain words, and I am still to see a snuff video. I haven't seen a a beheading video, nor do I care to see a beheading video because I think there's something about that, bro. It can't be good for the soul. It can't be good for your own soul to watch. Think about that. You're watching someone, someone's last breath, someone's last time that they were connected to whatever it is that we're connected to, right? Because when somebody dies, they're cut off from, and, and not to get too gruesome, but when somebody gets shot, in the head or something where they instantly drop you know we've all seen it you know we i don't know how old you are bro but we grew up with with what the hell gore.com faces, faces of death and all that yeah faces of death was one of them like all that weird craziness. we were watching craziness on the internet like the early days or when we still had aol and you see the, the way people drop right and i think that's like that you use that as like a a picture of when someone gets disconnected from source, you know, talking about Descartes and all these guys that are talking about conscious, like what is consciousness? Does the brain create consciousness? Is the brain a receiver for consciousness? And so watching somebody get unalived on video and watching the moments that somebody is disconnected from that, that's got to do something bad to you. And maybe that's why we're so fucked up. Like, <laughs> you know, growing up, yeah, we way saw we all are. that shit in movies and all that. We saw that from the online. We oh. see all that in movies, video games. The Universal Dialect Show will return. But first, a word from our sponsor. In a world where style knows no boundaries, where self-expression reigns supreme, there is Arise Creations. Introducing Arise Creations, the ultimate destination for fashion-forward individuals seeking affordable, unisex apparel that caters to every unique style. Arise Creations brings you an exceptional collection of unisex fashion essentials. From trendy tops that blend style and comfort to versatile bottoms and footwear that add an extra layer of sophistication. We've got you covered from head to toe. Arise Creations is more than just a clothing line. We strive to create an inclusive space where everyone can find fashionable and affordable pieces that reflect their unique personality. With indelible designs, we ensure that anyone can confidently wear our products, breaking down barriers while embracing individuality. But that's not all. Arise Creations is proud to be affiliated with the Universal Dialect Show, a groundbreaking podcast that explores the worlds of music, paranormal, art, fashion, and beyond. Join the conversation on YouTube, BitChute, Spotify, App Podcast, and all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Arise Creations is committed to making fashion accessible to all. We believe that style should know no bounds and everyone deserves to feel confident and empowered in what they wear. 
with our affordable prices and diverse product range, we're here to help you unleash your true self. Come and unleash your style and embrace your individuality. Arise Creations, where fashion meets affordability and self-expression. Please visit our website today to explore our collection and be a part of the fashion revolution. Arise Creations and the Universal Dialect Show, empowering you to create your own destiny. Head to www.etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash Arise Creations. 73. Again, that's www.etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash Arise Creations. So that's A-R-I-S-E-C-R-E-A-T-I-O-N-S, the number seven and the number three. And bring your look to new heights. All that shit. Like I couldn't get past, I couldn't get past the latest Jackass movie. What was the what was the latest Jackass movie? Is it Jackass Five? Yeah, Jackass Five or Four, whichever one. I couldn't get past it, bro. It was just too, it was too gruesome for me, dude. Like it was bad. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was Four. Yeah, Forever, Jackass Four, Forever. I I got like. I forgot where I am on it, but I, I didn't get past the whole thing because I just couldn't bear to watch. So, and that's that's like dumb stuff, but think about watching somebody get, I don't know, there's not good, bro. It's not good for the soul. So I'd rather not see that. And when when people, you know, you have people who share stuff on WhatsApp and all that, like, don't share that stuff with me, bro. It's, I don't want to see that. It's not, it's not good. So like I said, bro, just try and, and get some help for that. <laughs> and you know, I'm, like I said, I'm, I, I mean that in the most respectful way, you know. But first and foremost, pray, and that's worked for me. And uh, yeah, so I think that interacting with a lot of I've heard it put before in this book on Fulconelli, it's somewhere over there, and I always get the quote wrong. But the idea of interacting with the occult, it's how, how you're saying you're interacting with something that kind of sort of feels like a part of you right it feels like it's like a part of you but you know it's not and that's i think that's what what about the occult that draws me and it's it's the mystery and i think everyone loves a good thriller everyone loves a good story and i think that's what so bigfoot right let's bring some cryptids into this the idea and i mentioned this the other day on a podcast where bigfoot Whenever people see Bigfoot, it's almost like big, cuddly, you know, I want to see him again. I want I want to see Bigfoot. I want to believe. I want to see him again. Almost like it's drawing you in type of thing, right? Well, what if that's like a defense mechanism? I mean, we know that predators lure prey in, making them feel like, like you have that fish with the freaking light at the tip where like the, you know, the other fish go to grab right, the it light. It draws attention to it, right? Because if you think about Dogman and when people see Dogman and it's like people don't ever, Dogman is more demonic. They don't ever want to see Dogman ever again. Right. Like people, people literally shit themselves when they see Dogman. 
or piss themselves. Or, like, it's like it's the complete opposite. So it's like what's really going on with the occult? Is it is it meant to entice you to look into it further and further until you're too far in? When you look back, you're already too far down the rabbit hole. Right. Is that and, how you feel sometimes? N- no. Be- and though the reason I feel that way is because so to to because right it's all about knowledge it's all about not learning something that a certain group has taken and they say it's sacred and you're not supposed to be able to tap into that because you're not part of them i don't think there's such thing as sacred knowledge but i don't think that there's such thing as knowledge that the certain agencies are going to come knocking at your door as far as when it comes to the occult now the type of knowledge you got to worry about is the type of knowledge like you walked in on a certain someone doing a certain something to someone else and they're very prominent, very influential, wrong wrong place, wrong time. And then they might have let you walked out. It's like that's the kind of knowledge that will get you unalived. That's the type of knowledge that'll, that you're not going to wake up from. That to me... But that's something completely different. You know what I'm saying? Like that sort of stuff. When you start looking down those rabbit holes and you fly too close to the sun, you know, you'll you'll combust. Uh so I don't feel that way as far as being too far down the rabbit hole. I wish I wasn't for the reason being that I can't enjoy a movie anymore. I can't go to Disney and just enjoy the scenery. Because you know. <laughs> because I know. Why is there a huge Florida Lee here? You know, and then you go down there. What does that Florida Lee mean? You know, and all these different things. Why is Pluto named Pluto? Right. <laughs> you know? right. Why does a mouse have a dog? Like, like all this weirdness just like starts <laughs> to, and I can't enjoy it. Right. You're with family. You want to have a good time and you can't because you start to see things. You start to, to peel thing, things apart that aren't there. And that's the part that I don't enjoy about it. Because things aren't the same anymore. Once you start looking down, once you look into the abyss, the abyss is going to start looking back at you. True that. Again, you know, but as long as you take precautions, bro, and you don't, don't, don't let it rule your life. I always tell people don't, don't get obsessed with it. And I'll tell you, and I know when that is, but I've been doing this long enough to where I know when I need to step away. And you know what I knew? I know when I need to step back and take a breather because starting to either wear down and the reason it starts to wear down is because having a family having a life i do have a full-time job i gotta i gotta make a balance you know what i'm saying i gotta find a balance and once i see once i see that i'm podcasting too much you know neglecting the family it's like okay well time to step dial it back take next week off or whatever it is All right i gotta get the information from somewhere so i gotta read these books well guess what that takes time it, I got to research these topics. Guess what? That takes time. So again, you start to lean more way and start neglecting other stuff in, in, in life because there's only so much time in a day that you can do these things. And that's what people don't see. Like they, they just, oh, well, dude, sometimes there's months between my episodes, like when I record them versus when I put them out. And that's part of my strategy where I'm able to build a backlog. And while that backlog is playing, I'm researching in the background for that next topic episode or whatever it is. And that's how I'm able to operate. And again, I got my own system. I've been doing this for 
it'll be five years soon. I've been doing it since 2019. Actually, it was five years early this month. So we're Congratulations, here. man. Thank you. I'm, I'm approaching the, I'll be putting on my 200th episode soon. And I don't think I'm going to stop anytime soon, bro. I think it's going to, it's only up from here, dude. It's just getting started. So, word up, fun. man. So, so, can we get into real quick? You you tend to bring up these names a lot, and I guess they're so influential when it comes to like your research. They they just constantly come up. Uh, a couple of them would be like uh, Helena Blavatsky, Alistair Crowley, John D. Jack Parsons, and sometimes you throw in like L. Ron Hubbard. Like, who are these individuals, and what are they? What have they done that's still resonating today in modern times? So, John D. Edward Kelly, Enochian, Enochian magic is a set of of it's a magical system that was revealed to John D. Edward, Edward Kelly. They weren't calling it Enochian at the time when it was revealed to them, but it was revealed to them through these entities, which they believe were angels on either side through the use of seances and scrying. And then the Golden Dawn and other secret societies took that system of Enochian and applied it to their own principles and their own organizations. Helena Blavatsky was the, I don't I don't really know a lot about her, except she was the, she was the founder of Theosophy, which is a again another sort of mystical group that was very prominent during the 19th century, early 20th century around there, and you had a lot of interesting figures in there. But their their whole cosmology is pretty much, I mean, it, it's it's a it's a whole it's a belief system. So it's like Thelema, and they have a whole bunch of different things. They talk about different astral realms. The astral body auras. They talk about ascended masters. They talk about a whole bunch of different concepts that I'm not. Again, I'm not too well versed in theosophy. But you have Crowley, who was an average user user of Enochian. He used it in his whole in his workings, and from his works, Jack Parsons was an admirer of him, and Jack Parsons was involved with with L. Ron Hubbard. And Jack Parsons being the father of modern day rocketry, if you believe in space and you want to believe that rockets are a thing. Well, this is the guy who helped invent and he invented what he his contributions were really for the fuel that's used in, in rockets. Right. So he was a he was a a. He was an avid Crowleyite or Thelemite, whatever you want to call it. And he also try to create a moon child in the 19, 1945-1947 around there. He tried to create a moon child in the desert with L. Ron Hubbard. Some people say that he succeeded it, in it, but John D. was a... So, so their contributions, John D. was a polymath. He made a lot of strides in cartography and, and geography in that realm. He was a polymath, so he was involved in a lot of things. He had the largest library in, in Europe at the point... At, during his time, he was the court astrologer to Queen Elizabeth. Allegedly, he was the one that coined the term the British Empire. He was allegedly the first 007 for mm. Queen Elizabeth. And from his system that was divinated to him, that was tapped into the Golden Dawn. And then Crowley took that, switched it up, 
we know what Crowley's done, right? The, mo the great B666, if you will, the, one of the most infamous occultists that I've linked to CERN. I have a video on that on my YouTube. You can check that out. It's called Crowley at CERN, where I linked some stuff there again. Interesting connections. Uh, so his contributions as far as that are still felt today. I mean, the Beatles were talking about him. He's on the cover yep. of a whole bunch of different things. I mean, Hollywood, uh, very counterculture. And he put a lot of things out from the occult world and was made it accessible to a lot of people. And so he really unveiled a lot of concepts that would have otherwise stay, stayed hidden. He translated a lot of things. Was he a charlatan? Was he a piece of shit? Absolutely. But again, that those are his contributions that are still felt today. There's a lot of people who still worship him today, which they love to show up in the comments and emails and stuff like that. Then Jack Parsons, rocketry, bro. L. Ron Hubbard, Scientology. <laughs> right. I remember you know, the commercials like, in the 80s, man, when they used to show the Dianetics commercials. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Think about that. He created a religion. He was he is he is one of the most prolific science fiction writers to ever exist so think about that and he was again involved with parsons who was doing a ceremonial ritual magic trying to conjure up a, a homunculus in the desert and i think that their their influence is definitely felt today because their stuff is still around bro jpl is still around scientology is still around and I think if anything, dude, if if I was to keep it real, John D was involved in the government to a certain extent, right? He's the court astrologer of Queen Elizabeth. Crowley was a allegedly part of MI5 or MI6, whatever three-letter agency they have over there. He was part of the government. Parsons, probably a part of the government. <laughs> L. Ron Hubbard, you're going to tell me Scientology has existed around this long and they haven't been wiped out? That just screams government operation. Wasn't, like he, some sort, wasn't he a Navy in the Navy? He yeah. was in the Navy, I believe. And so was Margie Cameron, the scarlet woman that Parsons conjured up to. She was, and the conspiracy is that they were sent to infiltrate the Parsonage, which was the, the mansion that he was uh, with a whole bunch of other people uh, doing stuff at. And so dare i say that the government is at the core of a lot of these things maybe dude maybe and 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 if not at least they are showing interest in whatever these occultists were doing why are they interested maybe they want to weaponize it right so we're talking about perhaps the use of voice to skull technology Make it sound like they're schizophrenic. Make it sound like they're crazy. Make it sound like they're possessed. Right? Who knows? Like, who knows what they're what they're using this technology for? And and I believe it's a sort of technology, just like just like anything else. But their their influence is definitely still felt today. And there are people who still talk to them about about them today. And maybe that's the key to immortality, bro. As long as people remember your name, you're for you'll forever exist in in the Eternity. parallel realm or something. Yeah. Right. So what is a hom homunculus for those who don't know what a homunculus is and and why is knowing a homunculus like important to you? Because I know that you talk about it a lot. So a homunculus is. It means little man. 
a homunculus is a representation of man. Now, an example of a homunculus would be a voodoo doll, okay, which has nothing to do with voodoo, but uh, where you have you have a lot of concepts in there that you can weave together. It's a doll that, as long as you infuse it with something of the person, and whatever you do to the doll will be done to the person, right? Law of correspondence, law of contagion, things that have come into contact with each other, stay in contact with one another. Now, the the homunculus that I talk about is the alchemical homunculus, which the alchemical homunculus essentially is, at the core of it all, it's artificially created life. An alchemical homunculus is a homunculus created through the use of alchemy. So an artificial being created through the use of alchemy. And the reason why this is important is because remember I mentioned earlier about the occulted scaffolding, the intentions that go behind something, all right, the creation of something. Well, the lure behind the homunculus is that since it comes from the great work, from the royal art, from, right, the, it's one of the magnum opus, opi, I guess is how you say it, plural, since it comes from magic, therefore it is magic. So therefore I'm able to take this little being that I created and do things with its body parts. And there's entire grimoires, there's entire recipe books detailing operations that you can do to extract the magical powers from this said homunculus. And sometimes you don't have to destroy it. Sometimes you can just let it grow into old age and it'll divinate for you. It'll tell you the future. It'll move the stars in the sky for you. It'll move the moon and the stars for you. It'll give you certain powers, right? And if you let it go into the wild, it'll become a mythological creature. So there's a lot of there's a lot of lure behind the homunculus. Now it's all stories that people wrote. And again, it was alchemists. Could they alchemists were some of the first counterfeiters. So you got to take that into account. It's, it was about forgery. It was about for uh, some alchemy was the faking it, right? The, the faking of it. Got to fake it till you make it. Well, some yeah. alchemists were just changing the color of certain metals to resemble gold. So there were, there were con artists essentially. That, that's one <laughs> of the, the bad reps that alchemy gets. Now, the, the ones that did achieve the magnum opus, they would dissolve out of reality. So they weren't around to talk about it. Well, that's, that's very convenient. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, how do you know someone made it? Well, they're, they're not around anymore. Right, to talk about it, right. What? <laughs> yeah, they don't come back. So it's like, that's very convenient. Like, it might all be just stories. So the yeah, the alchemical homunculus is an artificially created being through the use of alchemy that is then at the mercy of the alchemist, depending on which grimoire set of instructions that he's using, what they do with it after is, again, at the discretion. And there's various writings about it. You got Simon Magus in the first century that allegedly created a homunculus, right? So the father of all her heresies, the reason that we have the word magician, Simon Magus, he allegedly had a homunculus. So, uh, you know, if, if, Fast forward, you have Frankenstein, which is a sort of, it's more like a golem, but a golem is essentially kind of like the same thing. It's a a man created through the use of word magic. And that's from Jewish 
lure and a golem is more like a cybernetic ai terminator type of thing it's the, it's the right. archetypal technology go, gets out of control and destroys you story so you you create the golem you forget to turn it off one night and it goes it crazy and destroys. yeah <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> so that and, and the reason i say it's related to a, a lot of things that i talk about and even reality reality itself there's actually the medical term they use homunculus as a medical term and they use it as uh, a representation of your sensory pathways. So if you look up homunculus right now, it's an actual medical term and it's a depiction of which parts of your body, your brain uses more than others. And so it'll be a picture of like this disproportionate man with big lips, big hands, right? We use our hands a lot. We use our mouths a lot. So it's a representation of it's, it's the cortex man, a sensory homunculus, which is a real thing. But there's the philosophical homunculus, bro, where they thought there was a little man in your brain observing your reality. But then they're like, wait a minute. So then who's in that homunculus's brain? Right. It's like, wait, it's another homunculus. It's like, well, it can't be homunculus all the way down at infinitum because that's impossible. So again, it's just really interesting. And at the core of all this, is the fact that this is a part of history right? these are things that people have written about these are things people have debated about throughout all of history if it's real or not i can't prove it to you i have zero way of proving it to you but how i mentioned to you at the beginning we got articles of entities being created in labs without a mother or a father you have lambs being grown in false matrices to full term that's alchemy bro you know what i'm saying like that that is alchemy and if they were able to reproduce those conditions in the 16th century or whenever it was maybe maybe it was a, like a one of you know like and and from that the stories went wild and there was one guy who actually got it done you know what i'm saying so through the use of the homunculus Crowley knew about it and he's the one that inspired Parsons so again bro a lot of these guys their influence is still felt and I'll even go as far to say that Epstein was also trying to do the same thing I mean there's a story of him trying to impregnate 30 something women at his oral ranch uh, farm house that he had there that they recently sold and if you follow the instructions that Crowley had and you look at the specifications of that house and where it's at and all the things around it, you'll find that it matches up. So I'll say that that he was trying and a homunculus can be as simple as aligning a person's birth to a certain alignment, certain time of day. We know that the Elise use a lot of surrogacy. So make sure it comes out, do a C-section, make sure it comes out this exact time to have this astrological sign because this person is going to be put in the white house that can be and, and that's not even woo woo bro like that's not that that's the that's as simple as you can get when it comes to a moon child or a homunculus that certain that certain people could be bred to fulfill certain roles right in politics in government in society whatever that's not too far-fetched to think that nepotism isn't a part of hollywood and all these other industries that's not 
look at look at Biden and his son and all the deals that they brokered and all that stuff. I mean, that, that that's that's there. That's in black and white, bro. If you if people choose to ignore it, is there an occult motive behind it? That's up for debate. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that's yeah. up for debate. Like, is is Joe Biden a homunculus? Probably. Can we prove it? No, we can't. But there's a reason why Barbara Bush looked like Crowley. There's a reason why Fidel Castro looks like Trudeau or Trudeau looks like Fidel Castro. Like, like, again, they might just look alike. Who knows? They might just be doppelgangers and they just look like the person. And we're just looking too far into it. Or there could actually be something there. I don't know, bro. That's what I'm here for. Yeah, you you <laughs> you talking about that. I, I You know Patrick Bet David? Patrick Bet no. David, he's a... He has a podcast. Um, he's like a real estate mogul. Mm-hmm. Like he he runs with kind of like Joe Rogan and those guys. But anyway, he he was on with a boxer recently. The boxer was talking about how he was born on a specific day. I've seen this guy before, yeah. You know, you know, Patrick Bed David. Okay, so he was talking to this boxer, this young kid that's like a really good boxer, and he was talking about how his family said he was the one because he was born on a specific day and a time. So and then he, he said something along the lines that his mother is special because she was born on a special date and time. But he was kind of saying things without really saying it, you know, like trying not to yeah. go too, too deep into it. So I'm wondering, it, like, yeah, you know, it's probably is true that people like do things specifically to whatever, like in some sort of occult way to try to generate, you know, a, a special child that would fill a role, like you were saying, mm-hmm. in the future. And we're just not aware of it. We just matter of fact to us you know or it's again it might be as simple as to them it's real so therefore it is real you know what i'm saying like to him his family and they use magic or magical thinking to put themselves in that line of thought so it makes it easier for them to achieve their goals i mean that could be magic in a nutshell too it's like just card, a way of like you're saying i think therefore i am Maybe that's what he was getting at, bro. Who knows? I mean, that's a that's a good that's a good point. I think, therefore, I am. You know, I am. Think he the the reason he said that was uh, the only thing I can prove is that I'm a thinking thing. Anything else is up for for interpretation. So you know, this demon could be changing up the way I see the colors. You know, in this thing or whatever it is. So, but that could be another way of interpreting it. I mean, that the way people talk about uh, its manifestation or whatever. It is. It could very well be, but you still got to put the work in. You know what I'm saying? You still got to, you know, if you want to grow the podcast, you still got to do the interviews. You still got to do the editing. You still got to do the social media. You got to do all that. You got to put the work in, but you're still in that line of thinking that you're going to be one of the greatest at one point, you know? So, yeah, that's an interesting take, but it could be as simple as that, that a person could be bred to put in a certain position to do certain things. That's again my personal opinion. I'm not saying that's it, but it just comes to show how scary these magical and occult concepts could be boiled down to. That that that's the that's what people need to get out of it. That it's that simple. That these people are just all right. Well, make sure he's born such and such date. That's it. You don't got to do the whole alchemical operation. None of that anymore. It's as simple as boom. This let's go. That's it. You know. So. Again, that's that's the occult from my perspective and alchemy from my perspective. I'm not saying that it, it's that, but I always tell people, do your own research and come up with your own assumptions. It's the best I can do. 
So let's let's end with this, bro. Again, thank you for doing this. It's awesome. I didn't think I would be able to carry <laughs> carry this interview that long. You did all of the work, and I appreciate that, man. Um, you live in Florida, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay, so do I. Um, when I moved here in '89, I I hated Florida, but <laughs> mainly because there was a certain energy about it that I just didn't like, and I feel like Florida is special, very similar to like Mexico, special. Like Africa, what have you learned about Florida as a whole? Like, is it a portal, or <laughs> like, are we sitting on some sort of like ley line or something? I mean, I, I feel like there's something just off about Florida. So, if you Google the occult origins of Florida, I'll be, I think, the first thing that comes up. You can listen to that episode, and I, I did another uh, another few after that, but. Florida is is a magical place. There's a lot of energy here. The reason for that being the water that's underneath the ground. The water table is very high here. The stone that is in the limestone, there's life there, even if it's dead life. So that does something as well. And it's also one of the points of the Bermuda Triangle. So what the Bermuda Triangle being maybe perhaps a portal to another realm. So there's a certain type of energy. If it is magnetic or not, I don't, I, I can't say. We have the 20th parallel, which the 20th parallels where SpaceX is, where Disney World is, where, you know, it's not the 33rd, but the 28th is significant. There's a reason why Disney put Disney there. There's a reason why Cape Canaveral and SpaceX and NASA is there. You know, they're not there for just random reason. Uh, Florida was the last frontier. And behind the founding of Florida was John D. Rockefeller, which he created, right, the the Federal Reserve and all these different guys. And he had a lot of Henrys. So uh, in Florida, which is indicative of maybe some Atlantean civilization or something at one point. And Narco Longo really gets into this when it comes to the the Florida, maybe perhaps being the Garden of Eden or Atlantis or something. That's his whole realm of things. But I think that it's something about being able to manage the energy. And if you're not ready for it, you end up as an, uh, as a headline as the next Florida man. Right. So I agree with you. There's something weird about it. And if you're not able to cope with it, again, I don't know how you're able to cope with it. (laughs) I think it'll drive you insane. Maybe that's why you're having these issues as well. Maybe it's, it's the energy here in Florida, but it's got to do with the, with the water but i think it's the the water retains memory and i think that being in close proximity to the water all the time it does something i mean worse what 75 percent water yeah there's got to be something there you know what i'm saying like that that's got to do something so if it is memories from the water or if it is ancient atlantean technology i don't know but you have occult groups who talk about certain cities in florida being power zones you have uh, occultists talking about Florida being the best place to manifest the great old ones. So I don't know, bro. Maybe that's why they launch rockets from Florida. Who are the great old ones? Are they they're the, considered the watchers? Are those the, we call the watchers that I've heard about? Or are they they're, something different? That, that'd be a good interpretation. Yeah, so the watcher, the ones I'm talking about are from the Cthulhu mythos, Lovecraftian. Okay, great old ones. Lovecraftians, yes. Which are kind of like that. that. That's like the same same motif of it what's like these entities outside of space and time like watchers like the maybe the nephilim or right the elohim or whatever yeah it's gods with a little g 
you know, that sort of thing. So definitely, yeah, that's a good, good comparison, if you will. And they said Florida is one of the best places to contact these things on the other side. I don't know. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think Disney built a park here in Florida when he could have built it anywhere else? Other than, you know, so, he built it in Cali, but he also came here to Florida. It wasn't Walt Disney that built it here in Florida. It was actually Roy, his brother, who was a Freemason. So Disney died before they expanded the Florida. And what I'm thinking is a lot of these old, th this land, right? It, obviously, the indigenous people here were, were here before us. And a lot of these places were sacred to them. And perhaps they tapped into some of these dragon lines, ley lines that they knew to lurk currents, whatever it is. And they built on top of that because Disney won't buy worthless land and build on a worthless spot. Right? There's a, there's got to be something behind that. And I think it goes back to that. that it, and it doesn't matter what I believe too, bro. Like if they believed it, they did it. They achieved it. And there's a reason why they're in the positions that they are. If they are interdimensional lizard people, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the more I look into it, bro, the right. less I know. That, that's the one thing. But yeah, I think it might have to do with some sort of power line and maybe ancient indigenous beliefs. We don't know what is under Disney. If they built it on a huge burial site or something, right. we don't know. They you got know underground tunnels in, 100%. in Disney and Orlando. Yeah. I know somebody that worked and mm -hmm. had to travel under those tunnels. Yeah, my uncle works there, so he's he's told me it's like they're all over the place. Wow. And maybe they took those tunnels over and they found them. I don't know, and they built who Hey, I'm just saying, bro. There's tunnels over by Tampa and uh, you know, I think it's Ebor City or something like that. Right. So maybe maybe remnants of a lost civilization. I'll re I'll reach with that one. I'll say that maybe they found those tunnels and they just built Walt Disney on uh, Walt Disney World, the most magical place on earth on top of it. But hey, I'm that's just right. the name, too, right? Might mean absolutely nothing. You know, that like that area, because I used to work near that area, and I mean, I've been to Disney. There's a lot of swamp lands that's not developed out there. And I always wondered, man, if there's skunk ape that live in that, in those areas. Because you, you can't go in there, you'll die. There's gators mm -hmm. snakes and all that you know so yeah i've 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 fished the everglades and i've been on the everglades a lot and there is a lot of acreage that is still undeveloped and i mean there's the florida squallies the florida pig people and i do think that something could go unnoticed in there and survive i mean that's absolutely a a possibility again it's harsh terrain though bro so again i i I've never seen anything. I've never experienced a skunk ape or Bigfoot experience. I have experienced things before, but I can't tell you what it what it would be. You know, it could be a boar that was at the edge of the, uh, okay. uh, you know, of the of where we're at. Or it could have, we have monkeys in Florida, bro. So right, could be monkey. Could be what a monkey. Could what are your be... thoughts on the whole UFO thing and the government coming out? And admitting, you know, there's UFOs, and then you have this guy David Grush. Are you believing in any of that? No, I don't. I don't believe that guy. Again, show me the proof. As long if, if they keep talking about it, they're they haven't brought forth anything that we don't already know. 
I mean, the reason people don't care is because we know that there are UFOs. We know that they've been a thing for years and years and years, and they go back in ancient history. There's depictions of that. And also uh, the reason that they're focusing on, I don't know, maybe they're trying to push some agenda. I'm not going to say Project Bluebeam, but the people aren't falling for it because they haven't confirmed anything that we don't already know. And these guys, again, they're just offering stories. But when they show the proof, like video, photographs, whatever it is, I mean, people I'm sure are going to say it's CGI or deep fake. But I think that a, there's two sides of it. I think it's a, I think some aliens are demonic in nature, interdimensional. And then maybe some of the spacecraft that we've seen is government technology that they've been able to create. And what a better way than to make it unbelievable when somebody tells you that they saw a flying saucer outside of their house floating real low, the more outrageous you make it seem, the less believable it is. And that's that's a tactic too. But I think that aliens or these entities are interdimensional and they're, who knows, bro, they, they're, it might be like Greer said, the, the greys that we all know that abduct the cows and stuff like that, those are biological created entities that by the government homunculus so, uh well there you go there you go bro there you go all right, that, all right, all right. you said it not me so all right, all right. i didn't say anything said. That, that's what he said they were <laughs> biologically created entities right. with the government that are collecting the blood of these of these cows that animals don't touch after they've been dead and uh, that that crap again I'm just here. I have the same questions you got, bro. <laughs> I'm trying to figure it out too. You know what I'm saying? So, so Juan, what's what's in the future for you, man? A documentary, your own book, a uh, rap album. What are we doing? I am. I am. A documentary is in the talks. A Florida documentary is in the talks here soon. I do have that next comic book coming out. Chosen Juan issue two. ChosenJuan.com. And yeah, it's, I'm just going to keep cranking out more episodes and I'm here for the long haul. But yeah, there's definitely a documentary coming out soon when I don't know, but probably sometime we'll record sometime this year. We've been talking, trying to see what we can do here in Florida. But yeah, there's definitely something coming, something soon. Is that you and Narco Longo? Uh, no, I'm sure Narco Longo will be involved and some other people. Right. But yeah, we've we've. I, I I've talked about it already with some people on the crew that they're interested. So we'll see what happens. Well, good, man. I'm glad, man. Um, thank you so much, dude. Your 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 podcast is awesome, extremely knowledgeable. Unfortunately, I'm at work, so I can't pull out a notebook and take notes because then I get in trouble, probably get fired. But um, thank you, man, for doing this, and I appreciate it, brother. Okay. Yeah, dude. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate you. Yes, sir. Um, if you can do me a favor, send me any links that you think are important for anybody to follow and if you could send me a pic so i can use that as a thumbnail all right and then i'll have you back on dude because i i have more questions but i just don't i don't want to like take up your time and i'm hungry it's dinner time for me so (laughs) appreciate you bro thank you for having me all right brother i'll send that over to you yes sir